0: Hey, welcome to In Doubt. This week on the show, we talk with Jake and Britt, part of the original guest cast, on the question of where is real satisfaction? Coming up.
1: I think it comes back again to the Garden of Eden, you know? When God created man and women, He created us whole. Our soul was fully filled by Him. And then when sin entered the world, that relationship was broken. So now every human that is born into the world has this brokenness, this thing they need to fill.
0: Hey, Isaac here. Hope you're all well. In just a moment, we're going to be getting into a conversation about the issue of satisfaction, asking the question, where is real satisfaction? Hope you enjoy it and learn something new. Before we get there, however, I wanted to encourage you as a listener to make sure you connect with us if you disagree with something we've said. I mean, for example, last week, we talked about a potentially tense subject, and that was Christian speech and Christian swearing. Not like there is Christian swearing, but Christians swearing. Uh, We know that people have various views on these things, and we want to encourage friendly and edifying conversation. Now, there are a few ways you can do this. First, you can comment underneath one of the posts of this conversation on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Every Monday, we post the week's conversation on those social networks. Now the other way is to direct message us on any of those social networks and we'll definitely get back to you. And the third way is to email us if you're into that kind of thing. Uh, our email for that is hello at indoubt.com. And we'd love to hear from you, even if you don't disagree as well. You just want to say, hey, or perhaps you want to tell us how this ministry has served you in any way, or you want to share your story, whatever it may be, we'd love to hear from you. In fact, we had a recent listener message us on Facebook, and she was saying how our program, in doubt, helps her better have gospel conversations with her sons. How cool is that? I love it. Also, I just want to give a minute to tell you all about a resource hub all on the Christian perspective of marijuana. Now if you've you know been a listener for a while, you'll know that we've talked a lot about recreational marijuana, so what we've done is created a site off our Indoubt.ca site that has all of our information including video presentations, articles, interviews that speak to the Christian perspective on recreational marijuana. What's also cool is that if you're a church leader or a pastor, you're a young adult pastor or something like that, we had a special conversation with a pastor from Portland, Oregon, Jeff Lucine, on being a church leader in a place where recreational marijuana is legal. Now, as most of you know, the Canadian government has determined that October 17th of 2018 will be the day when recreational marijuana becomes legalized. So, if you head to indow.ca forward slash marijuana, You're going to find all the information we've put together to help guide you through a Christian perspective on recreational marijuana. Also, like I said, if you're a church leader or a pastor, if you go to that page, scroll to the very bottom. Uh, you'll find it. It just says for church leaders. You click that and you can listen to the special unique interview we had with Pastor Jeff Lassine. And one last thing before our conversation on true satisfaction. Over the last four years of leading and hosting in doubt, I was just thinking about some of the sort of highlight conversations that I've had uh, over this time. And I just want to share a few of them with you uh, because hopefully that will you know, encourage you to go and take a listen to them. But there's been a couple episodes that we've done with Steve Kim from Apologetics Canada on worldviews. That's episode 17 and episode 18. So you can head to our archive and find those way back. But when it comes to meaning and purpose, hearing someone logically explain the facts of why you're on earth, why you're here for you a know, reason, why the world works the way it does, it's super encouraging. It's uplifting. It's sort of you know philosophical apologetics. I remember asking a good friend of mine in Bible college one time, I said, "What do you do when you're feel you feel spiritually dry?" And he said, "I I take in apologetics, and I love that." I was like, "That's that's a really good point because when we know who we are, why we're here, who God is, and how it all works together in a cohesive worldview, it's really really encouraging." So. Take a listen to those, episode 17 and 18. Another one I loved, which is our most popular episode ever, was our episode with Tim Mackey, episode 51, Why Study the Bible. And I think Tim speaks in a way that lots of young people just get, you know? he He's encouraging solid orthodox practices when it comes to Bible study, yet he's not saying it in a way that's going to be a turnoff for younger people. Really good episode, episode 51. Check it out. I also loved having Mark Ward with us. We've had him for many conversations, but in one of them, episode 99, he talked about Bible translations. And if you're interested in why there are multiple Bible translations and all that different kind of stuff, definitely check it out. Very, very cool. And one last one, Dr. Sam Chan, which was a few months ago now, uh, episode 134, we talked with him on evangelism in a skeptical world. I loved that conversation. You should definitely check it out. Anyways, let's get into this week's conversation on where is real satisfaction. Welcome again to In Doubt. Glad you decided to listen in. With me today are two very special guests, Brittany Dagno and the Jacob Lowell. So how's it going? It's been a while, Britt. How's it going?
1: I'm good. Yeah. It's going great. I'm here again. <laughs> Hanging out with my favorite two people, Jake and Isaac.
2: I like that I'm more favorite than your daughter. <laughs> oh, I
1: forgot. About, yes, I forgot about my daughter.
2: Okay, let's just move this back on track. Here. <laughs> I uh, out for, of just out of mind. Just let
0: me know, yeah, what's kind of going on in your life? Just so people, they haven't heard your voice for a while. Um, yeah, what's gone on? Maybe there's been a big event in your life, perhaps. I mm-hmm. don't know.
1: There has been, actually, yeah. Since my last time here, I've had a baby. And she's five months old. And I'm doing the mom thing right now.
0: That's great. And what's the best thing about momming?
1: Probably, I mean, it's gonna sound so cheesy and like sentimental, but probably just like when she just looks at you and smiles, and you kind of feel like her favorite person. I feel
0: that way when Jacob, Jake looks at me as well.
2: (laughs) Stop calling me Jacob, man. Okay, (laughs) that's
0: good. That's awesome. Thanks, Brett. Jake, what's going on?
2: You've you haven't been on for a little while either, so. No, I don't even. I don't remember the last time I was on, (laughs) but it was it was a little while ago, and stuff has definitely changed some big life changes. I've actually, because I was pastoring, I was doing youth and young adult pastoring, and I've actually moved on from that for a bit, and then going back to school to finish up some stuff there. So I'm just doing that full time now. Cool. had an amazing time during like, it was a three or four years of pastoring, which was super cool. But yeah, I just felt the Lord calling me to go back and, and finish and, and move on to some new things. So yeah. Love it. You're still a Christian? Thinking about it, sort of in. <laughs> On the fence. Yeah, sort of. That's you know. good. That's good. Well, today
0: we're, we're talking about satisfaction, uh, what it means, what's offered from the world to satisfy us and so on and so forth. So I think we, it should, we should just begin with the word satisfaction. Like, what does that mean? I, I have an idea, but I want to hear you guys first.
2: What 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 would you say is meant by the term satisfaction? I think it's a hard word. It's one of these words that we use a lot. And I think that different people use it very differently from one another. And one of the things that I was thinking about when I think of satisfied, I think it kind of sounds like a lasting thing. I think it's different than like pleased or having pleasure or whatever that looks like. And uh, something to do with contentment, sort of in that area. You're saying it's something lasting? Like it's not just a quick little one? You, You would think it would be. That's how I sort of see it. But I think there's different people that use it. That might even mean just happy even. Right. Like I feel satisfied because you could be like satisfied when you eat. Like I feel right, satisfied right, right. or satisfied in, it, right? in, in where I am at life. So, uh, yeah, it's 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 a bit of a broad spectrum, I think.
1: The idea of satisfaction comes from a lack of something within human nature. So it's – A void that needs to be filled.
0: Even if it's something as simple as hunger. Like if you're hungry, you're being pretty philosophical saying human nature, but it could go from just human needs to human nature to spiritual, mental
1: Totally. Whatever. It's like there's biological satisfaction and spiritual satisfaction and yeah, Yeah. it has the different categories. Aspects
0: to it. Mm -hmm. I was thinking about it and I was like, okay. I was thinking that satisfaction is the state of mind, body, or spirit, everything where one has experienced at least a partial fulfillment of a self-understood requirement. And what I mean by that is some person may feel satisfied by something, and that's their understanding of what is required to satisfy that something. But it's not objective so i think you're right though to th- say that it, it's it's some there's a need there uh, in The same way that jake says like if you're hungry it's like you eat a burger it's like oh, i'm satisfied because that hunger has been has been met but i want to just think about the subjective or the objective realities to satisfaction you know what i mean because i just think that someone may think that they need something filled in their life and they fill that need and they say that they are satisfied but it's a self-understanding of what satisfies them. It's not actually something that's objective to all people. It might be subjective. Does that kind of make sense?
1: Yeah. I, well, I think, there, I think we have to come back to the dichotomy because I think there is objective satisfaction where it's biological desires like we already said. So like food and sleep, like we need those things to survive.
0: And we are satisfied when we get to experience them. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: yeah. But then the subjective side of satisfaction, I think it's rooted in the garden of Eden when Adam and Eve were fully satisfied in Christ when they were first created. Like they had no other needs except for biological needs. They ate, they probably slept. I mean, it doesn't say it, but maybe <laughs> probably, they did. But they you know, slept. we know they ate, Making right? Some jumps here. I know, I know. <laughs> I'm just But we know they ate. God gave them, you know, this bountiful garden to eat from. But as soon as sin entered the world, there was like a brokenness between God and man. And I think that idea of subjective satisfaction comes in because it's now human nature is Always, distorted or it's whatever. distorted yeah. and it's always looking to fill some inner need that right. often can't be explained.
0: It can't. I think it, and it also just to take on to that, that inner need manifests itself in a bajillion ways. Absolutely. And then all those ways and they're weird. Some of them are very wrong, some of them are fine, but all of those ways, people then satisfy those things. Yeah. Th- that's
2: their self understanding of what
0: needs to be satisfied, and then they'll 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 do that. I, I think
2: it's good to talk about objective and subjective, because that's obviously important. But I also think it's a question of lasting and temporary satisfaction. Yeah, yeah. And I definitely think there is subjective, and most of those things are just this temporary satisfaction. Like we were Hmm. talking about hunger. Yeah, you're satisfied, but that satisfaction goes away because you become hungry again and this sort of thing. But are we able to find some sort of lasting satisfaction and something that doesn't sort of fade, where we're always as equally in this sense satisfied with that it's weird because y- you do have this sort of this like cyclical pattern of satisfaction i think right out there in society and yeah um, people are going from thing to thing to thing to thing yeah. to try and be satisfied right and whereas okay. maybe there's something else for you that can be longer lasting than that. Yeah, well let's talk about that when you talk
0: about society at least. uh, We'll come back to that part. At this point in our culture, when you guys see it, I mean, you're in school now and you've just hung out with lots of young adults and youth for three years and Brit's kind of been invested in a lot of baby stuff, blogging, like that kind of stuff. Then we're just living in the world. At this point in our culture, Western civilization, what is the world or culture offering to us as opportunities for satisfaction? So, you know, you talked, Jake, about this idea that, you know, people are trying to find their satisfaction in these temporal things. Well, what are those temporal things that the world is like, okay, I see that you're hungry for something. Here it is. What are we seeing in culture?
1: I mean, obviously, instant gratification is huge in our society. And that manifests through social media, just from likes on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter to getting buzzed on alcohol or high on pot. We are fulfilling either a social need or, yeah, or like, again, a physical need to just to kind of come outside of ourselves, like when I'm talking about like alcohol or, you know. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So we see that in culture. There's this constant need to be either validated which manifests through social media or disassociate from ourselves yeah
0: and that second point that's exactly what i thought too and i I worded it this way i said i think that culture sees our self-understood requirement to be mentally numbed
2: Mm -hmm. you
0: know and so culture then offers us ways to numb our minds you know well it could be something that's like narcotics but Mm -hmm. it also could be netflix and things like that like let's just i understand that you're mentally buzzed right now because of you know, it's such a fast paced culture, right, that when you go home at night, you can just binge watch Netflix and just relax. Yeah, you know? shut and your mind off. And that's a way. And we're satisfied because then we don't have to think about the things that we have to do. And I'm, by the way, I, I watch Netflix and stuff like that. But it's still a way that culture offers us this way to, to numb ourselves. And we, we're satisfied, mm-hmm. uh, at least in the moment.
2: I mm-hmm. mean, sometimes you binge watch Netflix and then afterwards you feel like you're throwing up. Uh, I think that's definitely all true. Uh, social media can be a pretty brutal place, and I'll even catch myself sometimes, like speaking about Netflix. And I think we're—it's almost this like addiction to being distracted from our life. Yeah, because exactly. like I'll <laughs> I'll, I'll sit sometimes and watch Netflix, but I'll also be on my phone at the same time to the point where I'll look up in the show I'm watching, I have to rewind it, like, and it's just <laughs> like a cycle of like having to do this like over and over again because <laughs> I constantly go back to my phone and miss what I'm watching on on the television. So something comes from just constant information input for me. And I don't really know what that is. I think having grown up with that, well, maybe not as much, but especially like kids now, like growing up with that, it's sort of just like ingrained in them, like to do this sort of thing. But I also think like a lot of our satisfaction comes with other people or at least the idea of other people caring about us. Yeah whether that's Instagram or all this sort of thing. A lot of people like create these social media lives right. that aren't even a real representation of their life because they want people to be interested in who they are and they want people to see them as valuable. And I know this because I, I was talking to someone the other day, one of my friends. I went to her and I was like, you were hiking like all the time at all these beautiful places or whatever. And she's like, "Well, no." She's like, "I went hiking in a couple different places for a week, and I just dole these posts out right over like months." So it looks like it's this thing that she's doing all the she's time, but she's hiking. not. <laughs> yeah, she's yeah. not. But we we get some satisfaction from portraying that life that yeah. we are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's good. And it's something you say there about wanting that idea of
0: value given to you and stuff like that. I think an objective aspect to satisfaction is everyone's innate desire for value and for meaning and purpose. That's something that I think we're ingrained with from the the start that God gave us. And, you know, it's not super difficult to get those things, at least in a superficial way. So I think culture just offers us a bajillion ways, again, to give you that sense of value, to give you that sense of purpose. I mean, the very fact that when you you start something like a Facebook account or a Twitter account, even just the fact that you get to put a picture of yourself and you get to write all this information about you... It's, it's a way for someone, at least for me, I, I understand that feeling of like, I must matter. They're asking me to give all this information to them. I get to put my picture up there. I get to be part of this community. It's allowing you to be involved in something. So you get this sense of worth and goodness there. And I think there's lots of other ways in which culture offers us superficial ways to satisfy our longings for value mm-hmm. and our longings for being accepted uh, and things like that.
2: Yeah, a quick point, though, too, which is really important because I do think they're superficial in a sense. However, I think the biggest issue comes because there's a lot of young people out there that they're not superficial. Does that make sense? Or at least they don't understand them as oh, for that. for sure. For sure. Or like my presence on social media, I watched the show on this the other day, too, like this girl, if she had her phone taken away, she'd have an emotional breakdown. So there are these things that become so important to us that they're not superficial, that they are like the core of their identity, um, which makes things really, really hard um, in everyday life. Yeah. I think we should talk about
0: a psalm, a psalm 107, beautiful psalm. And you know what? We definitely have time for me to read it. Are you guys cool if I just read it? Because it's actually incredible. And I think for people to hear it would be powerful as well. So this is psalm 107. It's a little bit long, but it's powerful. So it says this. O oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from trouble and gathered in from the lands, from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. Some wandered in desert wastes, finding no way to a city to dwell in. They're hungry and thirsty. Their soul fainted within them. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He led them by a straight way till they reached a city to dwell in. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of man. And then verse 9 is so good. For he satisfies the longing soul and the hungry soul he fills with good things. We'll come back to that verse. Continue. Some sat in darkness and in the shadow of death, prisoners in affliction and in irons, for they had rebelled against the words of God and spurned the counsel of the Most High. So he bowed their hearts down with hard labor. They fell down with none to help. Them they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death and burst their bonds apart. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of man. For he shatters, God shatters the doors of bronze and cuts in two the bars of iron. Some were fools through their sinful ways and because of their iniquities suffered affliction. They loathed any kind of food and they drew near to the gates of death. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble and he delivered them from their distress. I think we're kind of getting the rhythm here. He sent out his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of man and let them offer sacrifices of thanksgiving and tell of his deeds in songs of joy. Some went down to the sea in ships, doing business on the great waters. They saw the deeds of the Lord, his wondrous works in the deep. For he commanded and raised the stormy wind which lifted up the waves of the sea. They mounted up to heaven. They went down to the depths. Their courage melted away in their evil plight. They reeled and staggered like drunken men and were at their wits' end. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He made the storm be still, and the waves of the sea were hushed. Then they were glad that the waters were quiet, and he brought them to their desired haven. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of man. Let them extol him in the congregation of the people and praise him in the assembly of the elders. He turns rivers into a desert, springs of water into thirsty ground, a fruitful land into a salty waste because of the evil of its inhabitants. He turns a desert into pools of water, a parched land into springs of water, and there he lets the hungry dwell, and they establish a city to live in. They sow fields and plant vineyards and get a fruitful yield. By his blessing, they multiply greatly, and he does not let their livestock diminish. The last few verses. When they are diminished and brought low through oppression, evil, and sorrow, he pours contempt on princes and makes them wander in trackless wastes. But he raises up the needy out of affliction and makes their families like flocks. The upright see it and are glad, and all wickedness shuts its mouth. Whoever's wise, let him attend to these things. Let them consider the steadfast love of the Lord." I think what's really powerful in this, let's talk about this psalm a little bit, specifically that verse, for God satisfies the longing soul and the hungry soul. He fills with good things. I even love those last few verses. I don't know if you caught it. He lets the hungry dwell in the lands that are fruitful. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's really powerful to, to understand. The soul is what's specified here as well as the thing in need. There's a hunger of the soul. So what are your thoughts on that?
1: I think it comes back again to the Garden of Eden, you know, when God created man and women, he created us whole and we had, our soul was fully filled by him or their soul was fully filled by him. And then when sin entered the world, that relationship was broken. So now every human that is born into the world has this brokenness this thing they need to fill. And when in Psalms it talks about God satisfying your soul, that's what it means is we are constantly going to be searching for something to satisfy that emptiness that we have. And we're never going to be fully satisfied by God until we get to heaven, you know? But that longing there, that is what is constantly driving us towards God,
2: which is is cool,
1: you know? And I think that's what the psalmist is talking about, how God fills that.
2: Uh, That's good. And I, I think one of the most effective... And this has just been in the past few years that I've really been thinking about this, but one of the most effective ideas that I've had in ministry, and I think for Christians as well as you're interacting with people, like this is really helpful. And I think a thing that we need to believe is that at the core of everyone, regardless of if they just outright reject faith in God and all this sort of stuff, that inside everyone there's a craving for him. Whether or not that's misplaced, which in a lot of people it is misplaced, and like, well, this can fill it or this can fill it. But what we believe is that we are all created by him. And in that, we have a longing for him as well. And it's this one thing that only he will be able to satisfy. Yeah. Um, and I think like the the truth is just so evident, regardless of people rejecting him or not. Right. Because we're constantly pursuing new things and new things and new things. Yeah. and not, No one's like, oh, I love my iPhone 3. Do you yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> like, and That's our society point. is built on this. <laughs> You know, because you see these things and like, oh, this is the best. Like this. Have you ever noticed that like every cell phone is the best cell phone at that time? Yeah. But then next year they have a new one. That's the best. And then this is the best. And this is the best. And we're constantly being sold stuff because they understand that we're never satisfied with this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's a deeper longing within us that that can't be satisfied by the stuff that this world offers. Right. You know, don't store up these treasures on earth they get destroyed they grow old they break apart they all these sort of things and it happens yeah, you know so yeah. don't put your trust don't put your faith in this yeah. stuff that you know that all of us know just fades away but store up your trust in something lasting and and what we're offered is a god who's lasting and yep. eternal and and doesn't change like that's so important about god like stuff, that he doesn't change that he is forever that he's always been too Um, and that we can store up our faith and trust in him.
1: And I think practically too, Jake, that's awesome. You know, it's like, how do we find our satisfaction in God? You know, like we have to bring it back to the word because his word speaks that truth that we're looking for to our souls. It's that supernatural language that our soul connects with God's soul through the word, you know? And, And it also reminds us of our future hope in him, that one day we will be fully satisfied in Christ in god when we are in heaven with him
0: you know i I think the the most baseline way that god provides us with satisfaction at least while on earth is that he gives us the object of our souls searching so brett talks about this fact that in the garden of eden there was brokenness they run from whole to not whole which now requires that the reality of satisfaction because now you need to be satisfied by being whole again Mm -hmm. and then through jesus christ through the gospel we are given the object of our soul searching, which is God. And I love it. I have been about Genesis 1, 26, 27, which is, you know, talks about the fact that we were made in God's image. Our value and dignity are found when we know that we're made in the image and likeness of God, right? And our meaning and purpose are found or they're satisfied when we know and understand that we're made to reflect all that God is. So value, dignity, meaning, and purpose, all of those cravings can be satisfied in Even just that one aspect that God has made you to reflect him. And I think that's really powerful for us to know, at least on earth. And we can't overlook sin. I mean, Britt brought that up. I think it's important to know that we need to be satisfied by salvation. And that's only through Jesus as well to become whole
2: again. Yeah, and I think Britt brings up a really important point. I mean, it's more about how do we sort of seek that out. And I think the most important thing about what we believe is that it's personal. Right, That God has a personal understanding of our inner being and who we are and what is truly like, you know, where we're at and all this sort of thing. Whereas like all this stuff that we seek out in the world is just arbitrary. It's arbitrary satisfaction. You know, this this phone is the same really for me as it is for you. And it feels good, but it's not like personally like tended to me or whatever or, or made for me where God is just like, you know, sees you and your depth and it's in you. And he's not about you serving him or or anything like that. Uh, and it's just this, yeah, deep personal understanding of who you are, what you need, because he made you and he understands everything about you. Yeah, I love it. We all agree that real
0: satisfaction is found in the Christian worldview and in Jesus. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. All right, guys, uh, we're going to wrap this up. Uh, thanks, guys, for hanging out today. Um, if you're listening and you enjoyed today's conversation, Head to our site where you're going to find 140 other conversations on various topics, most of them with, I should say, other recognized Christian leaders and authors, because you guys are recognized Christian leaders as well. And authors. Uh, and no, authors as well. <laughs> but anyways, on our site, we also have articles, we have blogs, we have a free Jude Bible study. You should check it out as well. Uh, just head to indout.ca. Also, if you're listening and you know, you've appreciated this ministry, maybe this conversation, then perhaps you'd be interested in potentially partnering with us financially. That sounds you know, really professional and formal, but it honestly can look as simple as sacrificing one day's coffee out with a one-time donation, that's it. Everything we do at Indoubt is given out for free, and yet it costs us money and time to put it all together and to send it out, to market it. If this is something that interests you, just head to our site and click the donate button and follow the simple instructions at indoubt.ca if you live in Canada, or indoubt.com if you live in the States. You can keep up to date with us every week on social media, Jake, okay? Yes. Keep up yes, date yes. uh, You can also follow us on Twitter at Indoubt Show and Instagram at Indoubt Show as well. If you have any requests of a, a guest maybe or a topic, you can direct message us on any of those or email us at hello at indoubt.com. Well I'm Isaac. I'm Jake. I'm Britt. And next week we have the great privilege of chatting with musician, worship leader and author Bob Coughlin on cultivating a worshipful heart. And I also asked Bob a question I think many think about is should we sing a song in a corporate worship service that we don't agree with theologically? We'll see you next week.